the Protectors of the Wood podcast. The destruction of our planet is becoming real life. Remember that everyone can make a difference and every action counts. This podcast tells the story of misfit teenagers struggling to band together and help our world through this crisis. Episode number 63, The Dizzying Swirls of Stars. Phoebe accepted a ride home from Terence. Despite the glass of breakfast mixture tea, she'd begun to feel sleepy. On the way, Shannon spoke up. So, how are we going to count all the people tomorrow? Yeah, they move around and go in and out of the coffee shop. Especially now we've got tables in the backyard. Thunderstruck, Phoebe realized that she'd imagined a line of people entering the concert. But of course the coffee shop was nothing like that. Oh my god! I'm glad you brought that up. How will we do it? I was wondering about that too. You could empty the place and then let them back in. But what if they want to stay outside until the concert starts? You know, in the old days, in my hometown, they would stamp our wrists with an image in ink. Or you could give out tickets. How stupid of me! You've thought it through more than I have. I vote for tickets. Just line them up and give all 95 a ticket. Oh, here's another problem. Is it 95 including the band and the staff? Or 95 just as an audience? I'd shoot for 95 total. That's an awful lot of people for that place. Let's just play it safe. Okay, so we've got, let's say, five with the bandit crew, three waitstaff, and Sammy, and four for security. That makes 13. So, I'll make tickets for 82. Let's think of a way to distribute them without a mob scene. Here we are, Terrence, the next driveway. Let's meet tomorrow at 7. We'll put a plan together. Thank you, thank you. You've helped me so much. Phoebe jumped out of the car and waved. Terrence backed out and headed home to Half Moon. Standing on the grass by the darkened houses, Phoebe was struck by the moon and stars in that clear night sky. The dark clouds over the cliffs had blown off down the valley. The radiant moon seemed alive with haunting silver light. And countless stars 
dizzying swirls of stars wrapped themselves around the place where she stood. She recalled hearing somewhere that each star was an angel and protected someone on the long journey through life and death. Like guardians, surely we do need them. The colossal scope of this adventure is way beyond us. Something, someone must be helping us. Like the old woman in my dreamstone vision. Or the good fairy, or the green man. He came to visit me in my dream. Could the green man or the old woman be angels? If not, then what are they? They must be something. They have their own reality. And they most definitely appear to be good. Caring about people and the human project. These angels are not all powerful, but they are trying. And there's no reason to think they've gone away or vanished. They were there when I looked into the Dreamstone. And they're around even now, watching over me. Yet, they're not far away like the stars. They seem to be from the Earth. They are Earth angels. As Phoebe walked up the driveway, her attention was drawn to the propane tank near the side of the house. For a moment, she wondered why she was bothering to notice it. Hmm. That tank is bigger than the one that was here last week. And this one is painted that flashy red, like the cylinder on Jeremy's tow truck. There's something odd about this. As Phoebe walked to the back door, she saw the kitchen lights on and the door propped open. The aroma of baking bread was overpowering. Inside, Penny was wiping the table and the breadboards, sweat glistening at her temples. The kitchen was roasting. Hey, we're both working late, I guess. Everyone wants bread for tomorrow. Sammy's tripled his order, and they want me at the green market, too. A lot of work for the stove. Is that why we need a bigger tank out back? Yeah, we burn a lot of gas. But why is it painted red? Oh, that's a long story. And another touchy subject. But you know everything else, so you might as well know this too. You see, that's not propane. It's biogas. Made in the forest and delivered by Jim. We painted red to identify our own tanks. We've got quite a few around. Penny shrugged. You know... There's more to these forest enterprises than you've seen so far. Talk to Jeremy. He'll fill you in. But now, let's get ready for tomorrow.
Yes, tomorrow. I need to make something right now. 82 tickets to hand out at the concert. The concert? It's making me so nervous! I know you've heard the rumors. I gather Sammy isn't backing down. Not a chance. And I'm in charge of the tickets and security. What do you say we make this a World Tree production? I'll cut a paper and use one of the stamps to make the tickets. We might as well. Remember that night at the greenhouse? You said it's World Tree versus Geddon. It really is. So, where are the stamps? I can't wait to see them. Well, I don't have any World Tree productions. How about World Tree Enterprises? That'll do fine. Is that paper cutter still around? Ugh, Mom took it. But here's a sharp pair of scissors. Soon, they had the kitchen table set up with paper, a stamp, and an ink pad in bright red. Penny cut the paper into quarters, and Phoebe stamped each one with the logo. The tree with branches above and roots below, wrapping around the words. World Tree Enterprises. Phoebe numbered each piece of paper from 1 to 82. It didn't take long. Both sisters were tired. It was all they could do to finish. Penny pulled several more loaves and muffin trays out of the oven and set them on the sideboard to cool. As Phoebe gathered up her tickets, Penny turned to her with a strange look on her face. Phoebe, be careful tomorrow. I don't know what's going to happen. Jim and I will be at the concert. Call on us for anything. Anything. Penny's eyes brimmed over and Phoebe embraced her. Phoebe's room was even hotter than that first night of her return to Middletown. The air was still. At least Penny and I feel like sisters again. Now, if I could just manage to buy a fan. The tickets! I can't forget them! She got out of bed and found a pouch she had used as a soccer coach to keep her players' official league ID cards, her team roster, and other papers. She slipped in the tickets, closed the zipper, and placed it on her jeans. Powers that be, I'm sending out a call. Help me tomorrow. Phoebe awoke in the morning light and splashed water on her face. As usual, she drank her coffee on the front steps, looking out at the forest and the cliffs. The day was hot and still, promising to be a real scorcher. 
The sky was clear except for tall clouds forming above the half-moon cliffs. She thought about the thunder sounding so often over the past few days, and she had the idea that it was coming from the high point of the cliffs, where they turned at an angle away from the river. A point, she calculated, was just beyond the far end of Hidden Valley, where the stream disappeared under the jagged ridge. She had somehow conceived the idea, really a strong feeling, that the green man kept watch on the world from up there, on that rocky tower, that spike, that jagged tooth, among the thunderclouds called the Horn. He's sending out messages. He's speaking. But I can't quite understand the words. She fingered her pouch belted to her waist to make sure it was still there and finally opened it to make sure the tickets were in there. A bunch of other clutter was in there too. Even after walking to work, Phoebe could not quite wake up. Everything and everyone seemed slow, groggy, putting out the minimum energy. The courtyard was almost bare at 10.30 a.m., and at lunchtime only half the tables were in use. Everyone's supplies were depleted, and the customers seemed to need no more. Gilligan left Phoebe at the cash register and disappeared. After an hour, Phoebe went out and asked Luis what was going on. He had no idea. Phoebe finally spoke out. Luis, I need help. What is it? Will you be security at the front door of the coffee shop tonight? Gilligan is going to close early, by seven. What's my job? I'll send word at some point to let no one in except people with tickets, like these. She unzipped her pouch and showed him an example. Keep everyone else out. Send them around the block to the backyard to hear the concert from there. What if they don't want to do that? What if they don't respect me? I think Chief Santiago will be standing with you. Or you can send for Sammy or me. I'll do it. This is really a big favor. I owe you. No, you don't. You've earned everything and more. Later on, when Gilligan walked back in, Phoebe was sitting in an empty store. He sat next to her and began to make conversation. Slow day, isn't it? I'll say. Kind of feels like something's brewing. Phoebe's adrenaline began to kick in. She could feel herself waking up. Those rumors you were talking about yesterday. I guess I've been hearing them too. I want to thank you for your advice. We'll definitely be closing the store early today. At least by seven. Not that we'll be losing much. Nobody's here anyway. 
Believe me, it'll look a lot different by late afternoon. I'm afraid of that. It might be more than we can handle. I could use some news. What do you know for sure? Well, I'd like to talk it over with you, but you can't tell anybody. I'm good at that. Yes, I think so. He paused and glanced at the door. Okay, I've been visiting Miracle's gift shop. I got a call last night from my sister Kathy, inviting me to stop by, so I did. She's in a lot of pain over Ellie walking out a couple of days ago. At this point, Ellie's missing. Ellie's not missing. She's working at Sammy's next door. I'll tell her mother that in a minute. Ellie's fine. Though, I gather she and her parents have been arguing. Oh, I didn't know Ellie's been seen next door. But I told Kathy she would show up for George's concert. Apparently, George is not staying at home either. No, he's staying with Jeremy at the gas station. I'd be happy to speak to Kathy. That's probably not going to happen. She barely even calls on me, and I'm her brother. I don't know what went wrong, but she and her husband don't socialize very easily. They never seem to like your parents or this store. And I think they were angry with me for letting George go last month. It's hard to talk to them. I know. I've tried for years. So, what can we do? Well, I'm getting to that. You see, Kathy mentioned her children to me. Not so much because she's worried about their safety or whereabouts, but to explain her state of mind. She feels rejected and thinks it's her own fault. Kathy knows her children love the toy store and the coffee shop. So she's trying to redeem herself by warning us that we have enemies who are trying to destroy both stores. What? She said that? Now don't act surprised. You said practically the same thing yesterday. I know. It's true. I'm just curious what Kathy actually said. She may be giving you clues I haven't heard. I'm not going to go through the whole conversation. She was in tears. And most of it was very personal. But she warned me to close early and said the Bentley brothers and Morphe and their friends have made complaints and accusations against Sammy and me and against Chief Santiago for refusing to investigate. They've somehow provided the state police with an excuse to come in looking for runaway children. Kathy wasn't referring to her own children. She doesn't regard them as runaways. They're just avoiding her. In any case, the police will be looking for a specific teenager who is supposed to be in this store or the coffee shop tonight. And in the process of looking, they think they'll find other problems and shut us down. Then the Bentley brothers hope to buy us out. Kathy didn't mention any names, did she? No, but there was this bizarre talk of witches, and I'm sure Kathy used the word her at least once. I'm afraid she knows more than she's telling me. The person they're looking for has to be a girl. 
We're in trouble. I don't know how to stop it. to the Protectors of the Wood podcast. Find all our podcasts, songs, and projects on our website, protectorsofthewood.com. And to all those eco-warriors out there, remember that everyone can make a difference and every action counts. <laughs>